Scripture reading this morning will be from Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You may be seated. If you would, please keep your Bible open there to Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And thoughts that we want to consider from God's Word come from that passage this morning. God's plan for spiritual growth. I started thinking about what that might look like, and you see the picture there. Well, when I was in about the fourth grade, my, my family moved into a new home. And, and I remember, we got a lot of happy memories of growing up in that, in that home. But one thing I remember, there, there was a little wall that stuck out between the kitchen and the dining room. And my dad would have us stand up against that wall. And he'd, he'd put a book or something on our head. And with a pencil, he would, he would mark off. And that was really important to me and to my brother Mike because we were both basketball players and we wanted to be, we wanted to be taller. I mean, we really wanted to grow. And so anytime we could see a measurable difference from, you know, one of those marks to the next. And, you know, I think if I remember that correctly, he'd put our name and the date next to it. And we, we really looked forward to seeing growth. I hope this morning that I'm preaching to people that feel that way. I'm not talking about folks that want to get taller, obviously. That you want to, that that, that you're hungry and thirsty for righteousness. That, that, that you want to grow in your, in your relationship with God. I, I want to tell you, I still, I still feel that way. When I was a little kid, I wanted to get, I want to get taller and, and stronger. I wanted to grow. And, and now, as, as a preacher, as a, as a Christian, what, what I feel is an ongoing passion to want to continue to be the best version of myself for the glory of God. And, and I hope, you know, as we enter into a new year, I hope that you're feeling that in your heart and in your life this morning that, that you want to grow for the glory of God. And it's good to have the desire, but you've you got to have a plan. There are a lot of people that, that have all kinds of, of ideas. They desire to do things this year that they didn't do last year. They, they want to see changes in, in their lives, but they don't have a plan. And a lot of their hopes are going to be disappointed. They're, they're, they're going to fail because they, they haven't taken the time to consider how to get to where they want to go. Well, God has given us, in the, in the passage it was read just a second ago, He's given us a plan for growth. 
And what we want to do today, we're going to look back first. We're going to re-examine the work of the early church. We're going to, we're going to see what it looked like to be, to be a Christian when the church was brand new. The church had just started. It, it was new. It was, it was a new thing that God was doing in the world. How did those people, how did they grow? And so as we get started, we're going to re-examine the work of the early church. That, 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 would you advance? I don't know if you've got the slide there. Okay. We're going to re-examine. And they, number one, they evangelized the lost. And listen, I'm going to read a lot of verses, but if you'll stay there in chapter 2, in verse 47, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What, what you see as you look at the church in the first century is a church that is just exploding with growth because they're sharing their faith. They're telling other people about Jesus. And we have one report after another. In chapter 6 and verse 7, the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. A large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Then in chapter 9 and verse 31, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in fear of the Lord. Listen, it grew. The church was growing. Uh, In chapter 11, verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. A great number of people. In chapter 12, in verse 24, the Word of God continued to increase and spread. Chapter 16, in verse 5, the churches were strengthened in faith, and they grew daily in numbers. Uh, Again, what you saw is this daily growth that God was adding to the church daily, those who were being saved, and the people who were being saved by the death of God's Son, they're they're being redeemed through the blood of Jesus. They weren't keeping that to themselves. They, they, They weren't just meeting together as we are this morning and rejoicing. Look, all of us have been saved by the blood of Christ. No, they were going out into the world and they were telling other people, what God has done for me, He can also do that for you. And so they were growing because they evangelized the lost. Something else they did. And we've been doing that this morning. They exalted God. They exalted God. And they did that in a num- number of different ways. If you notice in verse 47, we're told the early church was praising God. And so they exalted God through praise. I think one of the ways, obviously, that we praise God is, is when we sing. And one of the great examples of Christians that, that we read about in the Bible praising God. You, you have Paul and Silas, they're in prison, they're in an inner cell. It's such an uncomfortable and, and difficult, painful situation for them. And, and yet, do you know what they're doing? They're not grumbling, they're not, they're not complaining, they're, they're not griping about, here we are, we've given our lives to God, we're telling other people about Him, and, and look, what ha- look what's happened to us. They're not doing that. But what they are doing is they're singing songs at midnight they're they're praising god they are exalting god in difficult circumstances they are exalting god through praise right there in chapter 2 and verse 42 we're told that they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread that's what we call communion they were communing together that they were as we just did they were breaking bread jesus it's something he wanted us to do in luke 22 and verse 19 he said that we should do this in memory of, of him. Aaron, Aaron mentioned some things that remind us. We have memorials and, and reminders. And that's what this is. 
But when we, when we remember Jesus, we actually, now these are the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 26, we actually proclaim His death until He comes. Somebody sees you take that piece of bread and drink from that little cup and they say, what is that? It's our memorial, it's our memorial feast that, that our Savior, the Son of God, died for us. And symbolically, we are proclaiming the death of Jesus. And we're exalting God when we do that. They exalted God through prayer. Again, verse 42, one of the things they devoted themselves to was, was prayer. How can you believe in God and not talk to Him? How could you believe in the God that we study about every week and never say anything to Him? When we pray, it is the testimony, first of all, that we believe that there is a God. And secondly, that we believe in Him. And finally, that we depend on Him. When we pray to God, we're saying, God, there are things about this life, there are burdens we can't carry without you, that there's work we're trying to do, we can't do that without your power. We're faced with difficult situations that we don't know how to solve without your wisdom. They were prayerful people and they exalted God through prayer. Notice also that they encouraged each other. One of the great words in the New Testament that that we really need in the world today is the word fellowship. There's There's a beautiful portrait here, a picture of togetherness. And again, we're still in verse 42, but it says they devoted themselves to fellowship. Just this random thought went through my mind about all the social media. And I think in some ways, social media can make us antisocial. There are actually commercials now where people are sitting around the table and they're taking their cell phone and they're, they're putting it in a basket on the table. We have to have commercials to tell us to put down digital devices so that when we're together, we actually talk to each other. Instead of you know, looking at a phone. Fellowship is a shared life experience. It's one of the greatest blessings that we enjoy because of our relationship with God. And as you look through that verse, in in verse 44, Acts Acts chapter 2, in in verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. In, In verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and they and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were together. I think it's really important, and I'll say more about this as we continue this morning, but, but being here and, and being present when we, when we meet together for corporate worship, is, it's healthy and it's important. But you should see other Christians throughout the course of the week. And, and maybe one of the reasons you're not growing the way you want to is because you're not spending time with people who are going where you're going. You're not surrounding your, yourself with people who share your values and have the same goals that you have. 
That word together appears three times in, in a very brief couple of verses. The, these people that we read about in the Bible that we say we're, we're, we're the church you're reading about there. They shared their lives with each other. They edified new Christians. And, and I think, you know, that idea of edified, they're, they're building up young Christians and new Christians and, and helping them be strong in their faith. Notice that they devoted themselves, and we keep coming back to that phrase in, in verse 42, they devoted themselves to prayer, they devoted themselves to fellowship, they, could, you know, they were devoted to the breaking of bread. One of the things they were devoted to was the apostles' teaching. And the way that worked is that Jesus gave the apostles, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, they Jesus receives a message from God. Jesus says, I've entrusted it to the Holy Spirit. And he tells the apostles, the Holy Spirit's going to give it to you. Now, you pass it on. And they were doing that. They were doing exactly what Jesus wanted them to do in Matthew 28, 19, and 20 when he said, go make disciples, that's teaching, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Teach them to obey whatsoever I have commanded you. That teaching before baptism is what we usually call evangelism. That the teaching that took place after they were baptized is more of what I'm describing as edification. We're feeding the faith of new disciples. We're, we're trying to help them grow in their faith. And, and the early church did that. When Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2, he said that the things you've heard me say in the presence of, of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who are qualified to teach others and the idea was that that you would pass it on to someone else who would pass it on to someone else and pass it on it was never intended to be something that just blessed your life personally but that after it blesses your life you you pass it on and bless somebody else who will teach somebody else and strengthen another and on and on and on the last thing we noticed is that they equipped the poor, and, and I think there are two really strong and, and, and you know, memorable examples of this here in the life of the early church. In verse 45, selling their possessions and goods, they, they gave uh, to anyone as he had need. Can you imagine this morning as, as the collection plate was passed, if somebody had taken their keys and, and just put their keys in the, in the collection plate and said, now that's the key to my office, so you know, that doesn't do anybody a whole lot of good. But uh, I forgot my house key was on. I only get that one off. I wasn't giving that away. Um, they, they literally had possessions that they gave away. And those possessions were sold. The money was then brought and laid at the apostles' feet. And the, the apostles made sure that, that if there were any needy people, that their needs were taken care of. What a beautiful picture that is of biblical Christianity. That, that people were willingly giving. Uh, one of the first and, and you know, one of the more memorable examples of that in Acts 4, verses 36 through 37, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, the apostles called him Barnabas. We know that means son of encouragement. He had a field and he sold that field that he owned and he brought the money and he put it at the apostles' feet. And here's my question. As you look at those five things that the early church did, what are we supposed to learn? What is, what is the lesson? Virgil, could you advance that for me, please? 
How, how do we apply what we've learned from that biblical example? Listen, don't, don't make a mistake that a lot of people make. Of, of walking out of a service like, like the one we're part of this morning and feeling good about the fact that you, that you learned something. That you filled out an outline and, and you, you know something maybe that others aren't aware of. We're, we're supposed to take that information now and do something with it. What would that look like in my life? And what would it look like in your life? No, number one, we're talking now about ways that we can grow. We can grow larger through evangelism. Evangelism is not a numbers game. I'll be honest with you, I would love to stand up here on a Sunday and see no no empty spaces in any of these pews. Because I would love for that many people to have heard and believed and obeyed the gospel. God is not counting attendance. He's counting souls. He doesn't, he doesn't want bodies. He wants souls to belong to him and one of the reasons i want you to be involved in evangelism is not just so that the church can grow it's so that souls can be saved and listen to me it's so that you can be a growing christian sometimes i wonder you know i listen to other people preach and and they and they're nice and they they say but i leave and i don't feel challenged and I'm sorry, I, I don't want to preach, I don't want to be that kind of preacher. When you, when you listen to God, what God is saying to you, not what I'm saying, but what God is saying, you should feel personally challenged by that. And one of the important ways that you can grow in your faith is by sharing your faith. I'm telling you this morning, if you try it, you're going to be amazed. A lot of people have never tried it. And they're not growing the way they want to. You're not sitting here this morning because you're disinterested in growth. You're here because you love God. I know that. And you want to be a person who, who pleases God. You want to grow in your life with God. And one of the ways that you do that is through sharing your faith. Yes, that helps the kingdom to grow. It also helps you to grow. I hope you'll think about that this year. That, that, you, that you can grow in your faith by sharing your faith. Number two, we can grow closer to God through worship. I think a lot of times we feel distant. We really feel disconnected from God. And I think one of the reasons that we feel disconnected is we're really not plugged in. It's, it's a little silly, but, you know, a guy called the front desk at the hotel he was staying at. And he was a little irritated because the TV in his room didn't work. Uh, I'm paying good money for this room, and I just want to relax and watch a little TV. Well, the guy from the maintenance department came up and plugged it in for him. Things work better, right, when, when they're plugged in. Are you plugged in? I have to be careful here. Because, because I think I've done this wrong for a long time. And, and 
I'm convicted by, you know, the lust of the eye, the, the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life. And, and ego, ego can be a dangerous thing in ministry. And when I talk to you about why you should be here, it's, it's not for my ego. It's really kind of sad, but when preachers talk to each other, well, where are you at now? Well, how many do you have? Hmm. That's not why you have to be here. Do you know why it's important for you to be here? Because you need to be connected to God. You need to be plugged in. All week long, you've been, you've been pouring yourself out. I know you. I just talked a couple weeks ago about some of you that are taking care of a spouse that is, that is ill or a parent that is aging. And, and, you, and some of you raising small children and you're so exhausted. You've poured yourself out all week. Do you know what happens here? Listen, if we're doing it right, God should be filling you up again. He's filling your cup. There's a reason that a lot of you feel dry and empty and tired and discouraged. You're not, you're not taking the time you need to get closer to God through, through praise and worship. Number three, we, we grow closer to each other through fellowship. And I, I just wish that we could all grow to understand the need for this. We're not, we're not only here because we need God. We're here because we need each other. You need the people who are sitting around you this morning. With, yes, with all, of, with all of their weaknesses and inconsistencies, and very similar to all of us as we, as we strive but fall short, we need each other. I think a model for ministry in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 8 is when Paul said, we were delighted not only to share the gospel with you, but our lives as well. It's not one of those things where we take the Word of God and we, we hand it to people and we wish you well, good luck figuring that out. No, we give them the Word and then we live together. And yes, sometimes we, we, we irritate and we, and we kind of get on each other's nerves. That's part of learning to love like Jesus. You know, you can't love like Jesus if the only people around you are people that love you. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus loved people who hated him and persecuted him and disappointed him. And sometimes in our life together, we're a family. When you spend a lot of time with your family, you have to work through some things. That's how we grow. We carry each other's burdens. We restore those who wander away. We rejoice with each other and we weep with each other and we spur one another on. Do you know how many times the word one another? Go go read the New Testament and underline every time you see that phrase one another. Love one another. You know, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another. Forgive one another. It's throughout the text. This, This life is not, you know, my personal relationship with Jesus. I'm in a relationship with everybody else who's in a relationship with Jesus. And we share our lives together. I want to grow in that way. We grow stronger through discipleship. And a disciple is a student. A disciple is one who is 
He is learning from his master. How I want to encourage you this morning. You know, we have this goal to be daily Bible readers. And and I just think it's important that you understand why we're doing that. Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There's, you know, a a healthy diet physically. and, And if we want to be healthy spiritually, we need to feast on on the word of God. But it's a relationship issue. If I told you that my wife and I have a tremendous relationship and we talk about three times a week, could I convince you that that's true? Do you know this is a long time ago because we just had our 22nd anniversary on the 21st. When I started dating her, I wanted to talk to her all the time and I didn't even know what caller ID was. That's embarrassing. It left a record of every time I called her. You called me eight times today. Be quiet. Um, when we talk about discipleship, it's this, it's this hunger. I want to know God. I want to know Christ. I want to be in fellowship with Him. I want to listen to Him. He's, he's, he's trying to bless my life and teach me how to live. and Help me avoid painful mistakes god's not trying to hurt us he's trying to help us listen you you need to get the bible class if you don't know how to study the bible on your own get get the class and and learn there's some really good bible students here who are terrific teachers and you don't benefit from that if you're not here we we can grow kinder through service There, there are a lot of people over the course of years in preaching and teaching, that when you first meet them, you think there may we may never be able to reach those people. They just don't seem that interested. And, and you know how some of those people became Christians? Because when, when something happened in their life that disrupted their life, the church loved them and served them and walked with them through some crisis. And through kindness and sacrifice and service, those people became open to hearing more about God. I think it's really important that we spend more time serving people and helping people. And that we actually make sacrifices of time, talent, and money. That, that it actually costs us something to help other people. It It's good for them, but listen, it's good for us too. It's more blessed to give than to receive. There's something about giving that blesses the giver. I had the last week of 2018 off. I I preached on the 23rd, and because of the holidays and vacation time, I I just had off at the end of the year. It was really good and restful for me. I, I read a book at that time by Francis Chan called Letters to the Church. And I want you to see this quote. He, he, he wrote these words. I'd seen too many Christians packed into too many churches who seemed to have no interest in actually doing what the Bible says. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get past the tragic irony of this. These, these people would come back week after week to hear from a book that demands they be doers of the word and not hearers only. But they never seem to do anything. 
I'm not saying that that's how I feel about you. But what I am saying is I don't want that to happen to you. Don't, don't let that happen to you. You may not know this, but, but we meet together as a staff. Uh, we meet with the elders every year. And this year, I, I ask really the plan of our entire staff. We ask the elders if we could just, just challenge. Because this congregation always seems to respond to a challenge. You always find a way to to raise up to the level of the challenge. And so you'll notice on your outline, and if you'll bring it up on the screen, we, we want to ask you to do some things. And notice that each one has to do with an area that we emphasize in the lesson this morning. It's not a legalistic checklist. We're not judging you if you do it. We're not judging you if you don't. We're just saying there's a way to be healthy this year. There's a way that you can grow in your faith by sharing your faith with somebody else, by being involved in some of the social fellowship activities, eating together with other Christians, having them into your home, meeting with them to, to visit and pray and encourage, finding some, some area of service where you can get involved. By the way, listen, I'm not talking about an organized, structured thing. Some, some of this, just as you go throughout the course of your life, do ministry. Don't, don't rely on some structured, organized plan. If you see a need, meet it. If you, if you run into somebody here you don't know, invite them over to your home. Get to know them better. If you're, if you're at work or in your neighborhood and you, you're building friendships with new people, share your faith with those people. Participate in an organized study each week. I can't tell you how important I think this, this moment is. When I say renew commitment, we've got people all over the place all the time. And I believe that a lot of you, you can afford to travel, and, and I know when you do travel, you make time to worship God. I get that. My parents live in Branson. I don't know why all y'all are going on vacation to Branson, but my dad calls me every week and meets somebody who knows me. We want you to be here. I think important things happen in our relationship with God when we worship together in spirit and in truth. When we really focus on what we're doing when we pray, when we sing, when we give, when we commune, when we, when we try to lean in and, and listen. Listen to what God is saying. When we do those things, we grow in our faith. I hope you'll tuck that away in your Bible and just be looking, just be looking for opportunities to, to do. You know what that is? It's so simple. It's just Christianity. In Christianity, we, we share our lives with each other. We share our faith with those who don't know Jesus. We meet together to give God glory and praise. We help those who are new to the faith to grow up, and we, and we make sacrifices to help others. There's a wonderful Bible word for that. It's called Christianity. And we want to encourage you to live your faith every day. There may be some folks here this morning who are not Christians, 
We'd love for you to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. So many of you are already brothers and sisters. You're already saved by the blood of Christ. But some of you may want to make a renewed commitment to live under His Lordship as we enter into this new year. If you want to do that, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.